Welcome back into this wild and wacky Wednesday here on Main Street Sports Today. And wild and wacky getting started early. We're because at halftime, we're going to have to talk a little bit about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, the defamation of, of character suit because so well no this is fantastic they have a that the jury has a verdict but they didn't fill out the verdict card correctly so they had to go back (laughs) it's so good (laughs) i guess the jury felt like we got to get in on these shenanigans too It's, it, they, they wanted more camera time. That's what they yeah, wanted. Really yeah. did. Listen, it's it's hilarious, and we'll get to it in, in just mm-hmm. in just a few segments. But I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, are you that kidding is, me? That is, that is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I hate to admit it. Oh man, what a what a fantastic start to this wild and wacky Wednesday it has been. We've got a great great wild and wacky coming to you in the final segment. So you're definitely going to want to stick around. But first, NASCAR making its way back to St. Louis to Gateway this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. And to talk about it, we have coming to us from Bristol. We're not sure whether it's Tennessee or Virginia. There we go. We we do need to ask that question. We do need to get a clarification on that. We have Heather Williams at WCYB-TV. Heather, what's up? I live on the Tennessee side and work on the Virginia side. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> so, and uh, it's about a 10 minute drive from my apartment <laughs> to Virginia. That's, that's funny. Well, it, it's our Now, our station is right on the state line. So I can literally walk three steps out of our station and be in Tennessee. But it, but it, it is officially in Virginia, though. Yeah, it's, a, it's officially in Virginia, and the Virginia viewers, as I'm sure something you're familiar with, let us know all the time that we're in Virginia, and we should only cover Virginia stuff. Oh, only? <laughs> okay. Only. Yeah, this, yeah, because those those airwaves cut off at the state line, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Apparently, they're supposed to. Big curtain, little big wall. Yeah. Oh, like the Conference USA has. Big curtain. In Frisco. Yeah. Just have a- <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I wonder if this curtain would have its own Twitter. Probably. Yeah. Um, well, it's These interesting that you, it, it's interesting that you kind of split time between Tennessee and Virginia, Heather, because I also know that you're from Kansas city. And so NASCAR getting back to St. Louis, is that what, what does that mean to you as a Kansas Cityan? Is that anything particularly special? No, not really. Cause the tracks are completely different and at the, and, you know, serve different audience. I don't know a lot of people that made the long drive from from St. Louis to to Kansas to Kansas City for the race. I think they'd be more apt to maybe have gone to Chicago or to Kentucky or to Nashville um, than to Kansas City. I mean, I'm, people come from all over the place, but most of that Kansas City crowd seems to be skewed further west than St. Louis. So um, I think it's good because it puts another track there in the middle that, you know, people in the mid part of the state can go to. They don't have Kentucky anymore. So that's not really an option for people. So I think it's great to try to grow the sport, especially in a market like St. Louis, which is a really good sports market. It is interesting because, you know, coming off of Coca-Cola 600, you're going to a place one. Sorry. 
there was a drop of water from the ceiling. <laughs> I just watched it <laughs> fall and it, it kind of squirreled me <laughs> anyway. Okay. So there's that. Um, <laughs> going from a place like Charlotte where everybody is familiar, do, do you see it is dropping down and, and bouncing? No. Uh, it, what's it landing <laughs> on? I have no idea. Anyway, going from a Man, place where there's so familiar. this is the one so week familiar, I'm not on video to. I can't see this. This is this, uh, this is, is unfortunate. This is so wild, so wild. <laughs> but Charlotte is so familiar to every driver. Going back to St. Louis, where not everybody is necessarily familiar with the track, is is this you know? And of course, you're coming off the longest race in NASCAR history, a you know massive, massive race, six hundred plus miles this past week, and now to St. Louis, where you just don't know what to expect. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, in the new car, nobody really knows what to expect anywhere. I mean, I think Charlotte was probably the most predictable track that they went to just because they had done a lot of testing there. But I mean, most of these cars are, most of these tracks are wild cars anyway because of the new car. And I think it's a lot like going back to Nashville last year and the fact that there are quite a few guys that run this track in other series because the truck series runs there uh, and has run there for. Uh, quite some time in the Xfinity Series just to run there. So there's only a handful of guys, really just the youngest of youngest guys, that, or guys that maybe didn't run trucks coming up, that haven't run at least a little bit at Gateway or Worldwide Technologies Raceway, I think is what it's officially called. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of drivers that'll have a good baseline, and most teams will have a good baseline because a lot of them have relationships with truck teams anyway. So it won't be a total blindsided wild card type thing, but it'll help level the planning field. And I think you might see some guys that generally aren't up in the mix, be up in the mix because they have a little bit more experience than some of the front runners. It's, it's certainly going to be interesting. And like you said, you know, they, they did a lot of testing at, at Charlotte before with the new car and everything. And yet Sunday, certainly threw some wrenches into a lot of folks this day. I mean, Kyle Larson spinning out, Bubba Wallace spinning out. Just, it, it was it was almost like, you know, the, the tire issue that they had felt like they had gotten under control completely just came back out of nowhere in the biggest race of the year. Well, yes and no. I mean, Bubba Wallace's Bubba Wallace's least of his issues were to spit it out. I mean, that that he has some serious issues with the pit crew, all the way up from the crew chief down to you know the guy who wipes off the windshield before he goes out there. And some serious changes need to be made to that team, in my opinion, um, because all of the Toyotas are fast enough, and Bubba qualified in the top ten for this race. He was plenty fast enough to be a competitor and was mm-hmm. running in the top ten for most of the race until until he had this little issue and he wasn't even parked because his car wasn't going fast enough or wasn't drivable enough to literally his crew chief told him, we don't want to get in the wreck here in the last few laps of this stage. Take it easy. Don't run full speed. And so he didn't. And they got black flagged and parked for not maintaining minimal speed, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I love Booty Barker. I used to be a huge fan of Casey Mears and Booty was his crew chief as well. But that's, that's almost unexcusable to me, the mistakes that that team has made across the board. So that was the least of his issues. Um, the tires, I still believe there are still some teams that are pushing the air pressures, but you're seeing less of that because they figured out NASCAR is not going to budge on this. And so if they want to fudge the, the, the tire pressures for um, 
to get more speed, then that's the risk they take. So I think you're seeing less of that just because they're figuring out NASCAR is not going to give them a harder tire. They're just going to have to air them up more. So um, I, I don't think the tires were that big of an issue. I thought that the car showed that it's every bit as safe as the Gen 6 car to see uh, Chris Buescher flipping around and then, you know, walk out of that car basically unscathed, a little bruised, a little sore from hanging upside down. But other than that, he, he you know, he was unharmed. So that was good to see the, the car perform safety-wise. And I thought it was an entertaining race. I thought it was a lot of fun. Even I, it, it, really, it was potentially the best race that I've seen this year, um, although I had to dip out and come back because my poor child was not having – she wasn't going to go to sleep. so. We, I was in and out, but I thought it interesting that, you know, first three drivers, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, veterans who have been there and understand the, what it takes to run the 600. And yeah, it's definitely I, a marathon that, and the veterans always do well there. Right. So but you had a lot of new names in there and, and, and is obviously with the green, white checker finish and, and Denny Hamlin, like I said, getting the win first win ever, uh, in the 600, you know, it, it still feels like these young guys are going to give the vets a run every single week, no matter where they are. For sure. I mean, the, the, the power the power structure right now in the sport is definitely with the young guys. I would say, except for um, the guys in the Toyota, Hamlin, uh, Martin Truex Jr., though he's been quiet, he's right up there in the point, and Kyle mm-hmm. Busch. I mean, those three guys, because the Toyotas have seemed, to, have seemed to hit on something, and they're super fast right now. But other than that, the power is really with the – and I guess Kurt Busch, too. He's an older guy in the Toyota – but the power is really with the young guys right now. I mean, that's that's where the sport's headed, and, you know, that's where the talent is, and that's who the best teams have. So you put that together, and, of course, they're going to, you know, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, uh, Christopher Bell, those are going to be the fast guys because, I mean, they've got the talent and they've got the cars. Suarez and Chastain finishing 1-2 in that second stage was fun to watch. <laughs> Just hate they couldn't finish it. Justin Mark, isn't it? I feel like he, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Justin. And I've had a chance to talk to him with Justin this year, and he, he, even though he had a plan for all this, he, this is coming even more quickly than he could have imagined that it would come. So, I'm happy for him. You know, he's a, he's a former driver himself, and he really runs his organization so that it's more driver and crew friendly. And I think that that's paid off because those drivers and those crew members would, you know do anything for him and for that organization. And I think it really shows in the performance because it's not all about the corporate stuff. I mean, he's got Pitbull and, and, and a lot of people that can take care of the corporations and take care of the sponsors and the drivers and the crew chiefs, they just get to drive and they get to, you know, build those cars up. And I think the way that he does that is, is showing it's a good model. Heather Williams, WCYB TV out of Bristol, joining us here as she does each and every Wednesday for NASCAR. Um, we are three weeks away from Nashville. Is that right, Mo? The 26th? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, 26th. That sounds about right. 
I'm going yeah. up there. I just still haven't. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's the twenty six twenty six is what I'm looking at here, but that could also be, yeah, the Ally four hundred, the twenty sixth, which is that sounds Sunday. right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Brothers Osborne pre race concert on Sunday. Uh, you're going to be here in Gladeville, so should be fun. That is the plan. <laughs> I'm ex- excited Not to see Nashville. what. <clears throat> no, it's it's. Are you you may want you may want to stay in Nashville though because I'm not sure what the lodging situation is in Gladeville. <laughs> in fact, I'm not sure there's any lodging in Gladeville. So. Well, the way they well the way they jack up prices in uh, around race week, I may want to stay like in Murfreesboro <laughs> or, yeah, or Lebanon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean so. Um, but that's all right. I mean, when I went to when I went to Martinsville, I stayed in Greensboro. There you go. It's you okay. Do. You're on, WCYB will be springing for it, so hey, it's not your <laughs> money. That's true. But I do want to be able to keep going to these races, so I'm trying not to abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> that I do understand. Yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. All right, Heather, tell us. You have nothing to go on. <laughs> Who's going to win in St. Louis? I have nothing to go off except for there are some guys in the in the field that have some experience there in the truck series, and I think that those guys are going to definitely have a, an upper hand. Um, so I'm going to take a combination of a guy who is really successful in the truck series, a guy who uh, is driving for maybe the hottest manufacturer right now in the garage, and a little bit out of the left field, but he's been running really, really well. I'm going to go with Christopher Bell this weekend. Christopher Bell, top 10 finishes. Now, let me ask you this, Heather. How well does truck series success carry over? Well, it'll only carry over in the fact that when talking to my my good friend that I do my TV show with, who's a crew chief in the truck series, this track is really unique in that the four corners are all different, and the the racetrack is almost egg-shaped. And so... Just being able to know that and know what it takes to get through there. Now, the cars and everything are going to be set up completely different, but just knowing how what it takes to drive those different corners um, is going to be a huge advantage for the guys who have done it already. Christopher Bailey, 12 to 1 odds to win this thing. Topping the I list. I start looking those up before I come on here. It might make me sound smarter. Top of the <laughs> list is, well, it's it, it shouldn't be – Fair. I mean, Kyle Larson is the odds-on favorite at eight to one. So eight and twelve. But Kyle Larson, somebody who's never driven at, at Gateway, he's never taken a single lap there. So that's interesting because he's not—he's not ever raced there. He's one of the few. But if you bet Kyle Larson every week, you're—you're going to have a pretty good chance of doing pretty well, though. Is that fair to say? Well, you're going to win, but you're not going to make the big money. The big money's ever yeah. with Kyle. Yeah, that's the thing is you just, you're kind of, I mean, if you, if you bet every week, then sure. It's kind of like betting on the Braves to win every day. Eventually it's going to pay off, but not, not to the extent that you'd like because he's an eight to one favorite. I mean, Mm, what are you going to do? So Heather, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you. And we will talk to you next (laughs) week. Always fun guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will probably have an umbrella. 
We might need one. This is ridiculous. Women's College World Series is coming your way uh, this week, so we'll dive in a little bit to it on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, so stick around. <laughs> 